0: The best insight instant feedback accountability the all-new talk radio freedom 106.5 now it's time for your favorite doctor the lunchtime doctor dr sophia mohammed as we get the show rolling for today
1: tuesday good afternoon to you doc good afternoon base it's nice to be in the studio mm-hmm. good afternoon to all of our listeners across Trinidad and tobago and of course all across the world more and more we're getting these messages from listeners or in other regions and diasporas across the world so send us let us know where you're listening from this is the lunchtime doctor the program where we dissect those health challenges we find out what's on your lunchtime plate and let me know what health habits are you sharing with your community and how are we all Doing our part to ensure we have a happier, healthier Trinidad and Tobago. So, Base will give you those numbers both to call in and the WhatsApp. This is the Lunchtime Doctor. Of
0: course, folks, our numbers are 627 and 625 2257. WhatsApp. Messages only 3061065. Of course, we're being heard right now on Freedom 106.5 FM, Sangeet 106.1, and Sky 99.5. Feel free to message. Those other the stations, and they will send your messages right straight to us. And I like what you said there about the community, Doc. I, I know there are certain people with their mini mats, and they have the radio on load at this time so people can hear the show.
1: Mm-hmm. And this also, yeah. someone over the weekend told me mm-hmm. that she plays this, she's the manager of the store, mm-hmm. and she makes sure the program goes on in a, with a little bit more speaker volume right. within her entire store for all of both the patrons and the employees uh, to hear. So, to all of our southern businesses, all the businesses uh, that play the lunchtime doctor, to those who are driving on the road, make sure you take mm-hmm. one bit of information. Action it into your life and share it to your community. Mm,
0: Alright folks, let's get some messages. We had actually had some from yesterday before we take our calls. I did cataract surgery on my eyes last Friday and I'm still not seeing. What could be the cause? I'm taking my eye drops as recommended.
1: Great question. I'm really sorry that this is the situation you're at unfortunately and i haven't been able to review what the what the in terms of the report from the your eyes the last surgery is sometimes the cataract surgery is not always therapeutic uh, in that it doesn't reverse what has already happened. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the state of the damage of the eyes currently and what sort of repair was this surgery going to aim to achieve. Uh, Most times than not, if it's caught in the Earlier stages, it is able to repair with a better return on vision. And just like we talk about the ejection fractions of the heart, similarly with the eyes, there's an ocular vision percentage, so it may be different percentages. What I would suggest is the same exact ophthalmologist, the surgeons, who you would have had the surgery with. Uh, let make sure post-surgery one week, and if it is indeed about one week, uh, you do that follow-up uh, just in case there are any post-surgical complications uh, that are arising that you need to attend to. So thank you so much for sending in that message. Uh, very important message. Doc,
0: what causes bleeding gums? gums.
1: Very important. You know, I'm happy that we get these very relevant questions. Mm -hmm. Someone who has a bleeding gum, it may be what we consider a periodontal disease. But it could be something more sinister at the genetic level where you have the... The possibility of higher um, things of bleeding, so it affects your thrombin rates, your prothrombin, your coagulation. So we need to do something called the PT, PTT, INR. That's the blood test where we actually check what is your ability. coagulate and what is coagulation if you have a bleeding or any sort of cut bruise the body is supposed to automatically come together coalesce together and stop the bleeding those are what the blood cells are trained to do but if there's a bleeding deficiency and yes that is a pathology that can lead to the bleeding gums then that's where unfortunately have a higher risk of bleeding so it may be a bleeding deficiency as in a blood disorder it may be the periodontal disease what we have also seen is that some viruses can cause the thin lines of the mucosa which is in the gums to have this risk of increased bleeding so make sure in this case you get it checked out if you are also on aspirin then there's also an increased risk of bleeding now one would be on aspirin to m- ensure there aren't any clots uh, accumulating within the cardiovascular system however we do know all medications dava- does have a side effect and this is one of those side effects of aspirin so keep that in mind
0: what if, Doc, you're just like you're having a toothpick and you're just cleaning your teeth? And and,
1: and there's a little... So yeah. it really depends on the type of bleeding and the amount. In a case like that, uh, like we just mentioned, the mucosa is very thin. So there are indeed capillaries within there. So there, that may just be a bruised capillary. And that happens especially... You now, first and foremost, we shouldn't be cleaning our teeth with toothpicks. There are, yeah? <laughs> it's it's r- because you can because of the pinpoint of the toothpick, you can actually damage uh, the gum lining. So that's why it's recommended to use the floss, right? Think of the surface of the floss versus the surface of the toothpick, uh, right? Uh, so that's why those slight little recommendations. So, But if one is using the toothpick uh, and causes that bit of bleeding, that's perfectly normal. What you can do is either you press either tissue or your finger onto the spot to just help it coalesce. If the bleeding continues, that's when we know we have a concern. Good
0: advice there. All right, folks, 12 minutes after 12 o'clock, 627 You're listening to the Lunchtime Doctor, Dr. Sophia Mohammed. Of course, we're being sponsored by Dalton Brown Optometrist, right? Your eyesight is everything. Remember that, and we have your tip coming up later on. Um, is the annual... Flu vaccine really necessary.
1: Great question. Again, everything it really depends on what are your risk factors this morning on cnc3 we went through those risk factors on this program we're going to go through it those that have a risk of the non-communicable diseases your hypertension your diabetes the age population the immunocompromised that population yes i strongly will recommend to get the h1n1 vaccine to get the flu vaccine because when you weigh the complications of what can happen if one has any one of those risk factors and then they get the flu they are at a higher risk of getting a pneumonia what is a pneumonia the pneumonia can be the bacterial infection the superimposed bacterial infection they can get a viral pneumonia as well and that can lead to unfortunately can lead to death respiratory failure so wherever we can protect ourselves a vaccine is an easy way here's the thing that people put too much emphasis on. What is the vaccine? The vaccine in this case is just a dose of antibodies or in some cases it may be a dose of antigen to stimulate the production of those antibodies. So you are preparing your body in case the virus presents. So you already have this immunity and this morning we talked about the different types of immunity you either have a natural immunity or the adaptive one the vaccine in this case your flu vaccine is the adaptive immunity your natural immunity is what the body will normally produce but in this case yes i strongly recommend it for the at risk group hope that answers the question
0: all right, good day afternoon, Doctor. I have a growth on the top of both my testicles. At times it pains a lot. Also, I suffer with acid reflux, which affects me a lot. Any advice on what I could take to treat? So let's least?
1: take both cases separately. With respect to the growth, definitely you need to see some sort of healthcare professional if you can move forward and at least be reviewed by a urologist. Any groats or any lumps and bumps particularly in the testicles is considered. What is very common is the testicular hernia and those are very treatable. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what we see in our population. They see the growth. They allow it to grow and grow and grow until it becomes. We had a patient once that said, doc, I have a third testicle. They allowed the growth to become so enlarged. Then it compromised their um, ability to pass urine. Please get it checked out. So that's one concern. Next concern, reflux what can be done is several things let's look at what you're eating remove some of the triggers things like alcohol caffeine all of that worsens reflux look at your eating habits are you just having one meal during the day where you're allowing that stomach acids to build up or small manageable meals throughout the day and when we say a meal it can be a fruit snack It can be a granola snack it can be something with yogurt and fruit all mixed together so you can have your meals throughout the day just to keep the stomach acids at bay now with reflux when that stomach acid comes up the esophagus it can damage the esophageal lining and cause ulceration that's what we want to prevent. So make sure you get it checked out. There's treatments as well. Proton pump inhibitors. Some may be familiar with the omeprazole, pantoprazole. Just to aid that process and prevent the complications. At night time, this is one I recommend all the time. At night time, ensure your head is elevated. So about two or three pillows. Two pillows if possible. So that you're removing Gravity, the cause of gravity, there that will enable the reflux. Hope all of that answered your question.
0: Okay, folks, to take a word from our sponsor, of course, your eyesight is everything. Dalton Optometrists, uh, visit them. They use the they use the highest quality technology to provide a range of eye exams, OCT testing, pathology screening, visual field testing, glaucoma screening, and more. Just ask. Dalton Brong Optometrist also provides a range of stylish and practical spectacle frames and sunglasses. They also provide soft contact lenses, colored contact lenses, and hard contacts, all to meet your needs. Contact Dalton Brong Optometrist today at 667-3115 for your consultation. Visit them on social media at Dalton Brong Optometrist and check out their location at the corner of Queen and Sozano Streets out there in Arima. We go back to our WhatsApp, but we still mention in our phone lines at 627-3223-625-2257, the lunchtime doctor. Uh, Here's a nice one for for the toddlers or parents out there. My five-year-old is a nail-biter. What can I use for him to stop?
1: Very important question. Now, most times than not, when there's someone biting nails, then that certainly is uh, some sort of either distraction, attention deficit disorder, so it, it can be a sign of ADHD as well, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or it can even be where the child just wants to, like curiosity. So it's important to know what exactly is the case. Most times parents seem to think it's anxiety. It's not anxiety. I would suggest please let the review be done by the pediatrician. In some cases, it can even be a diagnosis called PICA. And PICA is where the blood count is a little bit lower than usual. And the child may present with the <coughs> needing to bite the nails or even needing to they may ask for ice. Ever saw so, you know, in the adult where they're eating ice. That's actually Pika, similar to eating the nails, biting the nails. So let's make sure in this case, you not only get reviewed by the your pediatrician, but you also take the peer and take the time to just check in. Check in to see if the, the child is concerned about anything. Check in to see if the child is having proper sleeping habits. And of course, check in to see if after the meals, they're still needing to bite their nails. Uh, Most times are not, it's something, as we mentioned, ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, where they're filling time with this activity. So, to all those, and the person who messaged in that, uh, yes, it should be part of the baby check or the adolescent Mm. check, the infant check. Uh, Hope that answers your question.
0: Mm. What about the, I know parents have a problem with this, so the sucking of the from fingers, you know. um, Oh, definitely. At what age should a child really stop sucking their fingers? Well, first
1: and foremost, it's a habit to be disencouraged from birth. Unfortunately, uh, and I don't know why, it's the first thing that goes in, as in the thumb into the mouth. From birth, from all throughout infant stage, wherever you can remove it, Remove it because what happens there is that in just the sucking of the finger, it changes the palate of the little one, and now you're putting the child at risk for all sorts of temporomandibular joint dysfunction, putting them at risk even for needing braces later on because they'll have malalignment. So, how does the parent um, stop off or ease off that sucking finger? By constant reinforcement of a behavior change. Not trying to punish, because I've seen some parents hitting the children with the finger. Don't do that, because then again, at that age, they think it's a game. So then they're going to continue to do it because they want that interaction. Keep in mind, children. At that age, they love the attention. They love that interest, that engagement with the parent. So every time they place their finger in and you pull it out, they've now created a game in their mind. They're going to continue doing it. So it starts with a behavior change. It starts with doing it, but in a way that they are aware that it's not to continue. So sometimes even you have to put a whole sock on the finger <laughs> and block it off. And here's another very because this has been a, a point of discussion in in moms groups and pediatric groups. Someone asked me once along that same line, which is better, sucking the thumb or using the pacifier, right? And my answer is indeed using the specific orthodontic approved pacifiers because those pacifiers are ones you can easily remove. It does not affect the palate and it's something that the parent can control as versus the thumb sucking. So, some parents have even shifted away. You see, just like how we try to shift um, adults away from the smoking, they go from the smoking to the patch and then off, shifted away from the thumb sucking to the, the pacifier. But you remember, it's the orthodontic approved pacifiers if you need to get it.
0: All right. Uh, hello, good day, Doug. This is a returning question, somebody who did not hear the answer. I apologize and was unable to hear the part. Uh, you can answer the question, if possible, again. Please, I would like to find out how I can conceive trying the IUI right. and the IVF and wasn't for years and the past and has been unsuccessful. What are some tips that can assist both my husband and I in the process? I'm closing to 40. Right, keep blessed and thank you for the great work.
1: Thank you so much for resending that question. Yes, it came last week, Wednesday, and we started answering, came at the end, or when we attempted the question, it was at the very end. Uh, I understand your situation. IVF to all of our listeners is in vitro fertilization and the IUI, the intrauterine, right? In terms of being able to move forward with a fertility. In terms of advice, First and foremost, I, I'm not familiar with what the causes that would have resulted in the need to move to IUI or even IVF. The two in- invasive procedures, what we certainly advise on, and I'm sure you already advised on this in particular, is first and foremost looking at um, looking at your lifestyle habits, we've already talked and mentioned some of those habits in terms of if the triggering factor for the IVF for the IUI and the IUI is your intrauterine insemination is indeed if it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. In Trinidad and Tobago, that tends to be one of the number one causes for infertility. There are other reasons that would lead to infertility, primary infertility in particular. So we look at what the triggers are. What is the pathology? right here there is the in vitro clinic where once you've been assessed they will put you on that program to be able to eliminate as many as the risk factors as possible I've been part of that program both as a mentor as a doctor and even as a patient and to all of our listeners i'm sure they're fully aware that was indeed a personal diagnosis i had to go through in terms of being diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome having to manage my weight and my exercise my nutrition very carefully working in an icu having to manage my stress levels and then going through the whole process from primary infertility to actually having a little one. So to the person who sent any message, start with managing the lifestyle factors. I'm sure you already are. Evaluate if the reason for the IVF, the infertility in particular, is hormonally challenged. In some cases, that may be the route. Sometimes you probably just need to step back. And yes, this is the advice that I am giving you. Sometimes you just need to step back from the situation from the need to be able to conceive to give your body the time to rest and to equilibrate and thereby now managing the stress levels. Stress negatively impacts upon fertilization in more ways than we realize. So I hope you got the answer this time. My heart goes out to you. I understand this route. I understand this journey. I want you to also know that we've also counseled and and helped couples in terms of if they're not successful in the IUI or the IVFs in terms of moving forward in creating a happy family through adoption. So there are other things, other parts to consider. I wish you all the best on this journey and feel free to reach out to us and let us know what is indeed happening.
0: All right, good day, folks. Uh, good day, doctor. My father is in his late 30s and he smokes a lot, eats unhealthily, food, and does not exercise. He noticed his stool is black in color. What can be the problem? I've tried my best to get him to go to the doctor with no luck in his late 30s.
1: Thank you so much for messaging. I want to reassure you, you are not alone. I feel that concern and I know exactly what you are experiencing. You're absolutely not alone. But here's what you can do. I've found... That uh, especially our male population, and I love all of our male patients, but we know you all give us a real challenge in time. Their ability or their desire to want to go to the doctor tends to be very limited. So ask, let him know you need to go to the medical professional. Let him know you have a concern. Just start the conversation they like to give advice they don't necessarily take the advice but here's what I'm very concerned about I'm very concerned about his smoking and I'm very concerned about that specific symptom you mentioned the black tarry stool that means decomposed blood or blood products that are now mixed into the stool. There may be some bleeding somewhere along the line. So he certainly needs to go to be checked out. Yes, we know the smoking as well. Smoking is absolutely horrific. For the body there's enough research there's enough data they've been patients that called in right here to this program to see they've stopped smoking and just in one week they're feeling their lungs breathing better they have a better endurance a better exercise tolerance so in your case keep trying don't give up but find other alternative routes of accessing that communication building the trust and then moving him to the action to the change to get them to the healthcare professional i am with you on it 110 percent
0: all right hi doctor and peace uh, when i cross my legs on a cushion the left heel burns a, a bit also contact on the mattress, same left heel, has a slight burn. I am not diabetic. Circulation is very good. Is this related to neuropathy or just thin skin making contact? Otherwise, there is no burning at all, just contact.
1: So there can be something developing within the heel called heel spurs and you're very correct so if it's not diabetic neuropathy or the hypertensive neuropathy there may be a spurs developing at the heel and in the contact and you're very correct and very astute so let's make sure that we also get that checked out because heel spurs are very easily treatable and minor adjustments to your nutrition a little bit of physiotherapy on the area and of course it's in medical therapies to reduce the heel spurs what I advise make sure your footwear is comfortable it's not squeezing the feet and you're reducing all your risk factors that develop the heel spurs all right, let's get our first call for the afternoon. Hello, welcome.
2: Uh, my blessed doc, this boy. Mhm. Doc, I remember sometime last year, doc, somebody to call about dark stool. Um, I thought something do something with poly- poly- up. That caused cancer, and he bleeded, it, causing his stool to get darkish in colour. Doc, someone here wants to know. Upper cider vinegar. we go through this already. I remember the new He wants to know. Um, how often you use apple cider vinegar? Could you use it hot? Or oh, it must be cold or lukewarm water?
1: Thanks a lot that we listen. Excellent question. So yes, he's quite correct. I'm one of our frequent callers, one of the main causes of that black starry black tarry stool is polyps and it can be cancerous. So please that's why we emphasize you get it checked out. Now this apple cider vinegar it has huge potential health benefits. However, it is not something I recommend to be using every single day because of the damage it can do to your enamel if you are using it every day make sure it's well diluted if you're having your concentrated version keep in mind you can still dilute it and of course follow the back the guidelines at the back the highly concentrated ones is probably like a one in eight one in ten dilution you can either use it you can use it any temperature water Cold, lukewarm. I personally, I do have my apple cider vinegar. I have it every other day and I blend it with or mix it in just with the lukewarm water. What is lukewarm? tipid temperature, room temperature water. You don't want it too cold. You don't want it too warm. So that's what they say, lukewarm temperature water.
0: All right, once again, folks, so your eyesight is everything. Let the experts at Dalton Braun Optometrist take care of it for you. Dalton Braun Optometrist uses the highest quality technology to provide a range of eye exams, OCT testing, pathology screening, visual field testing, glaucoma screening, and more. Just ask. Dalton Braun Optometrist also provides a range of stylish and practical uh, spectacle frames and sunglasses. They also provide soft contact lenses, colored contact lenses, and hard contacts all to meet your needs contact dalton brown optometrist today at 667-3115 for your consultation visit them on social media at dalton brown optometrist and check out their location at the corner of queen and Susano streets out there in arima
1: and now is a great time for us to share mm-hmm. their eye care health tip. we mentioned smoking earlier on Dalton Brown optometrist want to let you know that you can start today by preserving your eyes just by easing, reducing smoking, quitting smoking here's what happens it makes you more likely smoking unfortunately increases your risk of cataract increases the damage to the optic nerve it even increases the risk of macular degeneration if you've tried to kick the habit before and you're only now starting or restarting this program the more times you try to quit the more likely you are to succeed get your healthcare provider on board Reducing your smoking, quitting smoking, reduces the risk of these potential causes of blindness. Dalton Brong optometrists are there to give you that support if you need to get checked on any sort of eye care or eye disorders. So let's make sure we quit that smoking today. Your eye care tip brought to you by Dalton Brong Optometrist.
0: Thank you. And as we're on the topic of smoking, what are some of the best ways to quit smoking? I know some people have tried it, cold turkey, but what are some of the best ways?
1: So that is definitely one of the best ways. Mm. You can do it progressively or you can do it, as they say, cold turkey. What I tend to give tell my patients is put you once you know your why, attach your reason for smoking. That gives you better motivation. Either which, whichever is the pathway you take huh? it's very easy to deviate off the path it's a behavior change so if you know you're doing it for your family you're doing it because you want to um, enjoy time with your grandchildren later on or more importantly you're doing it for yourself you want to improve your health you do not want to end up in the icu so attach to your reason for quitting to your why that is what will keep you motivated Either you go the cold turkey way or you do your gradual steps. The thing about the gradual steps, however, is that it reduces that, that potential, that addiction that comes back in. So most persons tend to say they have the, 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 the nicotine withdrawals when they do the, the, um, the cold turkey. And that is intense when they do the cold turkey as versus to the gradual steps. So it really depends on what your mindset can accomplish. Because those withdrawals, you do experience your heart rates going up. You do experience the sweating. And you must have some sort of mechanism in play so that you can manage the withdrawals. The same thing works with reducing your weight getting into an exercise program. Some person starts an exercise program and then completely falter off because they forget their why or they get accustomed to the bad habits. So so, these unhealthy habits are the easiest things, you know. It takes a whole lot of courage, a whole lot of consistency in action and a very strong mindset. But here's the thing, we have had so many patients Follow through on it. And one month later, one week later, they're telling you the improvements in their body. So whichever way you try, hold on to your why. And I guarantee you, that's going to stay, keep you motivated.
0: Why? That's great. That's great. I've that really the, the mindset because I remember like as a young person, there were a lot of, well, it was cool to smoke at one point in time. And I smoked and I was like, you know, this is, what does this do? This is disgusting. And then you have to spend all this money buying this cigarette. So that was the reason for me to... Just stop one time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you see, find a reason why. Some persons, they don't like the yellow coloring on Mm. their teeth. They don't like the darkening of their fingers. Mm. All on the edges of the mouth become darkened as well. The lips become tarry looking. Mm. So some persons don't like the aesthetic because that's what they can see. If I were to do and pull an X-ray on your lungs Mm. and start to show you how much of your lungs you've damaged, immediately immediately you will stop now here's the other thing persons don't realize when it comes to smoking we've heard about first-hand smoke second-hand smoke there's something called third-hand smoking meaning the particles of the smoke uh, can remain on your uh, your school bag on the linings on the curtains uh, and all throughout on your clothes And that you can still be re-inhaling. So let's say it's a dad who has a little baby. He might be smoking outside. And he says he's not smoking in the home. But that smoke particles remain on his clothes. When he goes home and he hugs his little one, then you are putting now your baby at risk of inhaling smoke particles, addictive nicotine. So find your why. Nice.
0: All right. Good afternoon, doctor. I'm 39-year-old old female. After my pregnancy five years ago, my varicose veins have gotten very prominent. Can anything be done?
1: Oh, definitely. Thank you so much for sending in this question. In fact, just last week in our Health Plus, we talked about different procedures now that is available to help treat the varicose veins. So first and foremost, there are the natural procedures at home that you can do. We're going to discuss that. There are treatments, there are surgical treatments that you can do day in surgeries. There are also different things you can now incorporate in your daily habits. So from wearing the TED stockings, which will give that compression to help ease the prominence of the varicose veins, from utilizing certain medications to diminish the presence of the varicose veins, to of course, watching your salt, that's going to worsen the varicose veins. Most persons during pregnancy, unfortunately pregnancy, the state of pregnancy, the increased and the fluid throughout the body will worsen the varicose veins. So any sort of physiotherapy, any sort of exercise is going to reduce the presence of varicose veins. And last week, we talked about that innovative surgery, which is a day-in procedure, which is directly guaranteed to reduce the presence of the varicose veins. Before the end of the program, I'm going to pull up back that article and share with you a little bit more on that procedure.
0: Okay, Doc, what is the best type of birth control pill to take at age
1: 38? Great question. So I'm writing down some notes. Now, I would need a little more information to, in before I can give you that answer. Definitely your gynecologist or your family practitioner will be able to cue you in because they'll be familiar with your medical history and your reproductive history so if one has had a history of polycystic ovarian syndrome which is a hormonal disorder then your ocps your all 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 contraceptive pills would be different it really depends on what your triggers are what your reasons for it obviously you want to make sure you you're taking care of your body if there are any other risk factors so there are quite a few on the market Again, let your gynaecologist guide that based on your history of your reproductive, well, your reproductive medical history.
0: right, good day, doctor. How helpful is doing a foot detox?
1: (laughs) I get this question all the time. No please be minded nothing is wrong with a pedicure a foot bath all those incredibly because those are exercising the muscles you're getting that circulation but when it comes to persons telling me they're putting their feet into water and then that tells them about the systems in the body and how it reads about the liver That's not accurate. There's absolutely no research. When you tell me you're doing this, putting your feet in the water and it's pulling out um, toxins, there isn't sufficient research to support that. Yes, if you put your feet in water with some Epsom salts, you're certainly going to ease the circulation. You're certainly going to give it that massage. You're certainly going to help the skin texture, but it's not going to remove toxins from your liver. So let's be sure whatever procedure we're partaking in, it's medically sound. Don't let anyone take your money like that. And some of these things you can do at home, in the comfort of your home, just by massaging, just by exercising or giving yourself your own foot bath. Hope that answers the question.
0: All right, once again, we're being brought to you with the kind governments compliments of Dalton Optometrist uh, located at the corner of Queen and Susano Streets in Arima. Check them out. Give them a call. 667-3115. That's 667-3115. Remember, your eyesight is everything. Good afternoon, Dr. Mohammed. I have a protein bar, banana, and red apple before the gym on mornings. But after my two-hour routine, I seem to be running on empty. Any suggestions?
1: Most definitely. Good pre-workout meal, but what about the post-workout meal? Now, here's the thing. Just like we prepped you all for the parties, there's a the pre-party, during the party, and after the party. Same thing with the workout. Now, let's look at your workout. During your workout, it really depends. Are you having um, a high cardiac involvement, aerobic-type workout, where you're burning calories, or is it that plus building muscle if you are building muscle believe me you need protein right after as well and when i say right after i don't mean five minutes after within the one hour so you excellent pre-protein workout post routine you also want to involve anything that has high fiber and protein and even possibly a complex carbs so let's say you have a little bit of sweet potato a cassava you can blend it with either either um, a hamburger of course we're not doing the processed you can make your own burgers at home so any sort of meat seafood even you want to balance it manage your fats but you want to return some level of protein to your body post-workout. My particular post-workout meal, I don't get to have it all the time, but I try to make sure I have the rotisserie chicken, so that's the lean meat. Cut that up, add in some vegetables, drained some chia seeds as well because i get the fiber from it and i've even boiled the sweet potato diced it up so i have a little bit of sweet potato in fact one of the things that we made and i, I think i'm gonna bring this for you guys to try is a sweet potato salad we just used the sweet potato roasted it added it into some salad and it was a perfect meal with the lean white meat. so create your meals but don't wait till after you work out to have your meal uh, to create the meal have it prepared before because what happens post-workout you're so exhausted you tend to just go home shower collapse create those meals have it or at least part of it uh, so you make sure you're replacing some of what you burnt out in the gym
0: All right, Doctor, we'd like to know, when is the best time to walk in
1: the morning or the afternoon? Thanks. (laughs) Great question. It really depends on your scheduling. The best time to walk is whenever you have time. If you have time in the morning, by all means. I tend to like my morning walk because the afternoon, again, my body is so exhausted, I it, I'm easier to default and not walk in the afternoon than in the morning. So if you are a morning person, then get the walk in in the morning. Some persons are absolutely not a morning person. And they tend to function better in the evening time, in the afternoon time, based on how your schedules are. Either which way, you will get the health benefits of the exercise. All right, let's take a call.
0: Hello, good afternoon.
2: You know, that is, like, is program so much, eh? Because of my health. Dr. Luton, this. not. So they tell you, okay, tips. Polito, normal Irish polito. You don't use that. Use sweet polito. I know sweet two is loaded more sugar. The sugar content is more polito than normal Irish polito. But here they tell you, stay away from Irish two and use sweet two. Try five, possibly, thanks a lot
1: Most definitely. Now, I think sweet potato got a bad rap because of its name. Here's the thing. Sweet potato tends to have a lower glycemic index than your normal Irish potato. What does this glycemic index mean? It means when you have it how much will it spike your sugar or what level of glucose it will introduce into your system sweet potatoes are considered a complex carb which means it's going to take a little bit longer time to break down in the body and you have different types of carbohydrates not all carbohydrates are bad and we still need a bit of carbohydrate that substrate for the brain, in terms of its normal metabolic functioning, so yes, sweet potato has a lower glycemic index as does cassava and eddo's. So wherever you can, in fact, I know my little one, and I like to refer, refer um, reference him as as well. Uh, all children they like these fries, but I've introduced to him carrot fries. Sweet potato fries, we try to bake it instead of fry it. So we remove the oil. So you're not telling them, because we, we as parents certainly can't tell them, don't have some of these things. They're in their school systems. They want to have it. Their friends are having it. So you can substitute and have the healthier versions. In fact, recently as well, I saw someone doing the cassava fries, and I love that. But you can bake it to so reducing all of that oil in there. Hope that answers your question.
0: All right, folks. We have 12 minutes now before 1 o'clock. Let's get into our Health Plus. Now. What's Almost Health Plus?
1: definitely. So as promised, in the Health Plus today, we talked a lot about ensuring we strengthen our immunity. What we've seen is the number of COVID cases are returning. Yes, we've already had a level of adaptive immunity for those who've gotten the vaccination and natural immunity if you actually got it. So in that combination, our bodies already have a level of antibodies. We're not going to introduce fear into the factor there, but we definitely want to go back to basics and strengthen our immune system. Is it that same things that we talked about? Are we managing our nutrition? Are we managing our stress factors and, of course, the exercise for those that are at risk? And who are the at-risk population with non-communicable diseases, the aged population, those who, unfortunately, have poor diet? Here's what people don't realize. Poor diet, malnutrition, or even not eating well reduce or impair the production of your normal immune cells and activities and the normal antibodies. Even as we are going through our daily lifestyles and have a lot of stress, stress releases that hormone called cortisol that suppresses the immune system. So we want to try our best to just manage those things back to basics. We want to be able to enjoy the carnival season. We want to enjoy our healthy lifestyle. And of course, we want to mitigate all the risk factors to ensure COVID-19 is not a case that returns to yourself. We've been seeing that resurgence of cases and not just in Trinidad, and Tobago, across the world. But it's not to become fearful about it, be empowered by it, take the knowledge of it and action properly. If you know you're at risk and you're going into an environment with a lot of persons, please return to wearing your mask. Hand sanitizing was something we should never have stopped doing. So I hope everyone, all businesses, all even home communities continue to walk with your hand sanitizer. Well, before COVID, hand sanitizer was always part of my pocket. Now it continues to be on my handbag, continues to be wherever you go. So just make sure. You're managing that because you don't want to insert now, not just the COVID-19, just any virus on the whole. So in our Health Plus, we talked about going back to the basics, strengthening the immune system and ensuring we protect ourselves, not just from COVID-19, but any virus. And, and of course, enjoying the season. All
0: right, good afternoon, doctor. What are some of the symptoms that you may have polycystic ovaries?
1: Great question. Now, many persons in Trinidad and Tobago experience polycystic ovarian PCOS, Polycystic ovarian syndrome. You can start having symptoms from as early as age 13, 14, 15. There can be heavy periods, irregular periods, irregular menstrual cycles. You can also notice hirsutism hirsutism is an increased amount of hair on the skin on the face throughout the body you can also have these dark patches or an increased amount of acne hormonal imbalances weight gain or it could even be the opposite weight loss the, the unfortunate sign and symptom of complication polycystic ovarian syndrome is infertility so please don't wait some what we see with our patients is they're trying to get pregnant can't get pregnant, and in the workup for the reason why they can't get pregnant, that's when polycystic ovarian syndrome is detected. It's very linked, closely linked to diabetes because its same insulin production is off, and that's why the medications are very much the same. Same metformin that the patient is placed on. Stay consistent with the medication. Losing weight considerably improves your Um, output or reduces your complications for polycystic ovarian syndrome.
0: All right, good afternoon, doctor. Let's take this uh, call here. Hello, good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. Mm -hmm. When I bend on my head, I'm feeling dark. I'm dark and weak. And when I see the sun going up straight to the head, even from the skin and to the shoes, inside the house and the road, Conquest, Conway,
1: going straight up to the head. Thank you for letting us know now any sort of pains discomfort that you're feeling throughout your body and then going to your head needs to be checked out these are red flags I am NOT familiar if it is indeed uh, some sort of neuropathy and nerve damage but that's what you're describing needs to be checked out right away Sometimes we're not able to to, uh, properly label what we're experiencing. And as the doctor interviews you and asks further questions, your medical history, then we're able to take pieces of the pie and really tabulate and put a diagnosis there. So please, what you're describing does not sound normal, very much red flags. Let's get it checked out.
0: Good afternoon, Doctor Mohammed. Reference to your sweet potato fries before, um, but in the supermarket here in Miami, Florida, the sweet potatoes differ from the ones that I grew up on in Port Spain. With the uh, well, glycemic index. Would the glycemic index be the same for both types?
1: great question. And you see, we have a call of a person messaging in from Miami. I'm going to have to do a little bit of research to find out exactly what those sweet potatoes are in terms of in Miami and of course that glycemic index. So I will do that research and return that answer to you tomorrow. But yes, again, what we mentioned here, and I, I don't want persons to take it out of context. We were giving you substitutes instead of the normal fries using sweet potato fries or the cassava fries. So we'll do that research and let you know about the glycemic index. All
0: right, folks, five more minutes to go. Let's see how many we could squeeze in. 6273223 and 6252257. WhatsApp us on 3061065. You're listening, of course, to the Lunchtime Doctor, right here on Freedom 106.5 FM, Sanket 106.1, and Sky 99.5 with the kind compliments of Dalton, Brong Optometrist, remember your eyesight is everything. Dalton Brong Optometrist, they provide a range of stylish and practical spectacle frames and sunglasses. They use the highest quality technology and provide a range of eye exams, OCT testing, pathology screening, visual field testing, glaucoma screening, and more. Just ask. They also provide your soft contact lenses, colored contact lenses, and hard contacts, all to meet your needs. Contact Dalton Brong Optometrist today at 667 for your consultation or visit them at the corner of Queen and Susano Streets out there in Arima. Dear Doc, sometimes I get... Oh, let's uh, take this call. Hello, good afternoon. Good
2: afternoon, Dr. Uh, Mohamed. Um, I am, very quickly, I am 62. I suffered a heart attack. I've been stented and a uh, lot of medication. One of the medication was given to me, it was to Decent slow down, the production of cholesterol in the liver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I noticed that uh, since I started to take that medication, stuff started to break out on the skin. So I don't know what I should do at this point in time.
1: Thank you so much for letting us know. Now, I'm sorry that you experienced a heart attack, but you sound like you're on track with your medication, especially the cholesterol-lowering medication. I'm, I'm not too sure if it's a side effect that you're experiencing because I would need to see that to really evaluate it. If it is indeed the medication that's causing that side effect, sometimes a mix of the different medications can cause that side effect of the skin changes. So don't be alarmed. There can be and there are many different cholesterol-lowering medications that can be utilized or substituted to make sure you return to a normal cholesterol with A heart attack, unfortunately, one may present with, and it seems like that's probably your case, the fatty liver disease. So the cholesterol, that medication is needed to reduce that accumulation of cholesterol, especially within the liver. Mm -hmm. I understand that you're experiencing this side effect. Just check in with your healthcare professional. You're not alone. I've had a patient in the past, and let me explain this one really quickly. Uh, Just after the heart attack and now they're placed on several medications. They had an intense uh, allergic type reaction and we did not know which one of the medication that they had this allergic reaction to. It felt almost like playing Russian roulette because we had to take off one medication, see how their body respond, add back in, take off. So it, it was an iterative process within say I believe it was about say 8 to 10 days we were able to identify exactly which one of the medication was giving them that allergic reaction and of course get them into a normalized route. Remember pre heart attack you may have not even been on medication and then post heart attack you know introducing probably about five, six, eight tablets. So yes the body will respond in that way that's normal i'm glad you brought it to the surface i want to reassure you return to your cardiologist i'm pretty certain they've probably experienced this already and it's just gonna be a simple matter of exchanging if you know it is indeed cholesterol lowering medication substituting it exchanging it but in the meanwhile continue to manage your nutrition watch that cholesterol very closely and of course introduce i don't know how long ago you had the heart attack once you've been cleared you can introduce mild exercises more moderate type exercises to keep your body in that healthy state hope that answers your question
0: we had a final call. They're coming in, but we do not have the time. It's just 30 seconds again, so
1: we'll are <laughs> down to the last 30 seconds. Callers, we want to encourage you. Get the calls in the earlies. We get this host of calls and messages in the last half an hour of the program. You, you know the program starts 12 o'clock. We have the news in the first five minutes, so get your calls in the first 15 minutes. I'm here for the entire hour. Thank you. It has been a joy, as always, spending this hour with you all, my very ch- and listeners, all across Trinidad and Tobago and the wider Caribbean. All right.
0: Thank you, folks. Of course, you've been listening to the Lunchtime Doctor, Dr. Sophia Mohammed, right here on Freedom 106.5 FM. Sangeet 106.1 and sky 99.5 once again many thanks going out to Dalton Bron optometrist remember to give them a call for all your eye care needs your eyesight is everything Six Six Seven Three One One Five. I will check them out at the corner of Queen and Susano streets in arima catch you tomorrow and do enjoy the rest of your day the best insight instant feedback accountability the all new talk radio freedom 106.5